When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Yes, welcome in. Welcome in. Time for Quizzy Dag. Got to give someone $50 to follow some tips that Louis throwing out there titled Asset Bro. I'll back Asset Bro. And I'll back this one too. Clever Ruds racing again. Dom, when and where? Send me the date, brother. What race? I'll back in on that. He got me paid on the weekend. Thank you, Domi. Up in Auckland. All right, we're going to get over to Anton. He's from Auckland as well. Morning, Anton. Morning, bro. Morning, bro. <laughs> You're up. You're going to open up the bat. You're going to get it, get us home, eh? Five straight. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm feeling it. Feeling <laughs> it, brother. Here we go. I'm not. Which seven star <laughs> will... <laughs> Question one. Which seven star will miss the next stop on the World Series to train with the Black Ferns 15 squad? Ugh. Ah. Five, four, three. three little birds upon my doorstep. Oh, Bob Marley. Five, four. You gone. Uh, it's on. You gone. I wonder, Sorry, brother. I wonder if petrol stations <laughs> running this weekend. <laughs> One of the great sides. Here we go. <laughs> Damon from Palmy. Morning, Damon. Good morning, boys. Morning, morning. What seven star will miss the next stop of the World Series to train with the Black Ferns 15 squad? Oh, is it in the women's? Mm. Uh, mm. Is it Ruby Tui? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah nice. Not taking <laughs> Question number two. Who is Stephen Adams' Memphis Grizzlies facing in the first round of the NBA playoffs? Oh. We are the champions. Uh, yeah, mate. Yes. Well done. Question number three. How many teams has Greer Sinclair played for in the ANZ Premiership season, uh, this season? We're going we're gonna to chat to you later on, too. Uh, three. Oh, here. Yeah. Heater alert. Yes. On a heater. Heater He's alert. He's on. All right. 
David Tua will be inducted into the National Boxing Hall of Fame this weekend in California. What year did he fight Lennox Lewis for his heavyweight titles? Oh, I'll have to phone a friend on this one. The year I retired. Ooh. This year? <laughs> oh, that's, um, that's not really a clue. Oh, come on. Five. <laughs> come on, P. Naughty. Two, four, uh, three, two, that was my answer. <laughs> you didn't know when you were tired? <laughs> but I got concussion. I still had, I still had a couple yeah. of years on it. Sorry, brother. Have a good day, David. We're going to go to Brenton. Brenton, you're up. How are you, brother? Yeah, we're good, Brenton. What year did David Tour fight Lennox Lewis? Oh, I don't really know. I was thinking about 20 years of 2002. <laughs> Oh, 2002. No. Incorrect. Sorry, mate. We're going to go to the Cuzzy Ed from Tolaga. Yes! (laughs) 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 Come on, Ed. You know, mate. (laughs) Morena, mate. Morena. What is that? Um, 2000. Yeah. Yeah. All right. One more. One more, and you get the $50 TAB bonus bet. All right. Here we go. Here we go, Ed. I knew that one. Here we go. Um, 1992. Wimbledon. You know where Wimbledon is? (laughs) 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 Hey. Wimbledon have announced they will ban two players from this year's tournament, one being from Russia and the other from which other country? Oh my God, right. Belarus! What a- yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> you got it, man! <laughs> Who are you putting it on, Ed? Who are you putting that $50 on? I want a noisy one, Scuzzy. <laughs> 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 we'll find yourself. Awesome, bro. Awesome. <laughs> well done. Well done. He's up. He's up and about, Louis. Awesome. Oh, never, Get him a winner now. There's never been a more deserving Cuzzy Dag winner that he refuses to Google, refuses phone of friends, and he's now yeah. at 2000 and uh, Belarus. We're going to talk some boxing. Because boxing is at the forefront of our minds as we talk about Tyson Fury and Dillian White. That is the fight. 95,000 people packed out Wembley Stadium. Is this Tyson Fury's last fight? Are we going to see the Gypsy King come back? A Gypsy King that hasn't been the Gypsy King we've seen in the past. His comments and presses, he looks a bit, I don't know if I can say rattled or, or anything like that. Uh, he just looks a little bit indifferent at the moment as our man Tyson Fury. Dillian White is sitting back calm and relaxed and uh, he's playing all the right cards. Anyway, Gareth Davies out of the UK knows exactly what it takes to win fights and big heavyweight fights. But before we touch on Tyson Fury, I want to talk to Gareth Davies, our man out of the UK who knows everything about boxing, about David Tua. David Tua has been inducted into the Hall of Fame of Boxing, Gareth. What is that? Is that good recognition absolutely. for what he was able to achieve in the gate game? Yeah, absolutely. He was an absolute legend. And look, he was the size of Mike Tyson, remember, and uh, an absolute warrior from down your way. And it's brilliant to hear that he's been inducted. That's fantastic. 
Was he the, here's a question for you, was he the greatest heavyweight or one of the greatest heavyweights to not win a, win a bout? He had 52 wins and five losses. Was he one of the greats that they never really got to where he was probably should have, maybe? Yeah, I think you're right. I think he was in there. If he'd been in this era, he might well have done that. You know, he might well have, well have won a world title, but he was in a very difficult era, um, an era where, um, you know, the super heavyweights had just come in and he wasn't that size, was mm-hmm. he? You know, and so he was always struggling against much, much bigger opponents. But he deserves his credit. Like you say, it's a very good moniker for him. Like a guy who, who never won a world title but should have, and he definitely sits in that pantheon. Yeah, and and Gareth, is there any fight that sticks out in your mind with David Tua? Um, obviously, for us down here, is his, his title shot with Lennox Lewis. But is there a knockout or a fight that um, up there in the the Northern Hemisphere sticks out for you? Well, obviously, the Lennox Lewis fight came to mind immediately. But you know, I think mm. um, I, I haven't got his record in front of me right now, and I am so full of Tyson Fury and Dillian White words from having spent the last 14 <laughs> hours. Yeah. I will think about it as we progress uh, yeah. in the conversation and, and have, a, have a really good think about it because, uh, like you say, it merits... I'm just looking here, actually. Um, I'm just looking here at his record, actually. I've, I've just got in from four, a 14-hour shift. Um, just trying to think. Um, God, he got some knockouts, didn't he? Um, oh, he had some uh, knockouts. Fraser Kendo. Asim Rackman. Asim Rackman. Obviously, I'm trying to think later on. God, he had Michael a draw Moore? with Monty Barrett late in his Michael Is... Moore, absolutely. Um, late yeah. in his career, he had a draw with Monty Barrett. I can't believe that. Um, mm. But, uh, look, I mean... Um, I think the key is he was, like you say, Lennox Lewis was the dominant fighter in that era. Mm. And, um, you know, when he lost to the like Monty Barrett and Alexander Ustinov at the end, he probably went on too long, in all honesty. Mm. Um, you know, it, it's incredible that it's over 10 years ago now, or 10 years ago nearly that he <laughs> retired. So, uh, wow, yeah. time passes quickly, doesn't it, you know? It it does. I remember watching that fight uh, against Lennox, and I was just hoping and praying he was going to just do a little bit more. But the reach was a factor. Lennox was uh, the champion and, and deserved a champion. and was just too good in the end. But, um, mate, we're going to talk about Tyson but he went Fury and Dillian But he White. went 12 rounds. He did. He did. That That is the key. He went 12 rounds. He gave himself a chance. And, and uh, just at the end, he was just outreached, outreached in my eyes and, and from what I can remember. So... We're very proud of him anyway down under. He is one of our favourites and uh, I was watching his highlights all morning and just what a dominant force he was with that left hook. Just devastating. Yeah. Yeah. But mate, we're going to talk about Tyson. You've been there in the forefront for the last couple of weeks and uh, it's getting closer. And, and you probably heard my comments at the start. Uh, am I right in saying he's he's a little bit different, Tyson? Is, uh, is, are you expecting fireworks from him or is he a bit, I don't know, wayward with his mental? Like, he, is he a bit... Off, off, off put it, no, I think he's just chilled. I think he's chilled. He's mellow. He's kept telling us that mm. this is going to be his last fight. I'm sure it's not going to be if there's an opportunity to fight <laughs> for the undisputed title against Alexander Usyk or, of course, Anthony Joshua, which would be enormous here. Um, 
you know, I've been with your compatriot Joseph Parker as well today around him, and you know that if Dillian Watt doesn't step into the ring on Saturday night, Joseph Parker is the replacement. And even though they're almost like brothers now, even though um, I think both of them are very poor hackers, by the way, um, and, and they both told me their hacker hasn't improved uh, since they've been pals, it'll be all business with those two because they'll end up fighting. I don't know if you know, didn't know if you knew that. I did. I read it today, but I didn't want to make it right because um, obviously a couple of months ago we spoke about it on the air and I said that Joseph Parker will never fight Tyson Fury. So can you go tell Dillian White to, to man up in front, please? <laughs> Dillian, listen, Dillian White was there today at the press conference. The first time we've seen the two men together face to face. And like you say, it, there, was a, there was a bizarre nature to it today. It was a quite a very subdued Dillian White, but both fighters were very respectful towards each other. It was only the entourages that really tried to kick it off when they did the, the ritual face-off. Um, but I think what's happened is, because they haven't been in front of each other this whole time, neither man really wanted to, just 72 hours out, kind of let their emotions go, and they were both very, very comfortable with each other, and I think, again, I mentioned it, you know, business. I think it's the business end of it now. I think if they'd got together several months ago, they probably would have had a go at each other. They'd have been smack talk. They'd have taken it away into camp with them. But I think, they, look, they're both in their prime. They're ready to go. Tyson Fury is really the complete heavyweight now. We've seen his offensive skills enhanced under the Kronk style with Sugar Hill Stewart, the nephew of the great late great. Emmanuel Stewart and Dillian White's waited so long for this opportunity. They're both having massive paydays. Um, you know, twenty-five million pounds for Tyson Fury, six million uh, for, for for Dillian, and, and two and a half million upside wow. for the winner. Um, so it's it's enormous. Ninety-four thousand people coming to Wembley. I've been there all day out on the pitch. It, it's getting it ready. Ninety-four thousand people in that stadium. Um, so when American Pie is sung and all the lights go down, it's it's going to be some occasion. Boxing's back. Boxing's back, especially in the heavyweight division. Hey, Gareth, there's also, and you're talking about emotions, and it's been really unusual for us not to hear Tyson Fury talking about the dosser. Um, but in the background, <laughs> Daniel Kinahan and this story that's under sort of undermined the build-up. Can you just give us a little snapshot on that storyline? Well, um, obviously, the U.S. Treasury imposed sanctions uh, on uh, Kinahan. And, you know, there's no, uh, I, I hasten to add, there are no, um, he hasn't been convicted of any wrongdoing. It's only allegations at this point. And um, the, 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 basically, the, the Tyson Fury, um, who was advised by him for a period of time, has distanced himself this week. Um, yeah, in fact, when was it, day before yesterday or yesterday, uh, to all of us in the media, he's been, been very quiet about it for a week. He said he was no longer advised. I mean, you'll have read that um, MTK, uh, the management organization for boxers, over 200 boxers on their books, they will cease to trade at the end of the month. That was a company that was begun by Kinahan many years ago. Um, so, you know, in, in, in boxing terms, you know, this is a big, like you say, it, it's a very big story that's kind of overshadowed this promotion since the U.S. Mm -hmm. Treasury announced that. 
last Tuesday. And obviously, the Irish authorities are, are following up on that. And, you know, we're yet to see how that whole thing transpires. When you look at this fight on the cards, you think Tyson Fury will will be too good. Like, he is the Gypsy King. I love what he's about. He's so technically, he can move his footwork for a big man is, is uh, second to none. He's so, so mobile. How do you see this fight? Can, can Dillian White do the unthinkable? Has he got any sort of chance? Honestly, it only takes one part punch for the heavyweights. But if, if Dillian White's going to have any chance, what would he need to do this fight? As Tyson Fury has become a more complete heavyweight, we've seen him take more risks because he wants to use his power and open up more. As you say, allied to that great elusiveness and movement in this six foot nine, 19 stone man, basically, <laughs> you know, as you guys would see, he'd only fit in the second row, wouldn't he, in, in, in a rugby game? It's the only position <laughs> he could play. But someone like Tyson Fury could probably play everywhere. Um, you never know. He might be able to do drop goals and kick bloody goals from wherever. But um, I think he's got so many different. Um, he's got so many, as you say, he's got so many different styles that he can apply in this contest. Switch to southpaw, box orthodox. In fact, his whole preamble in the workout on Tuesday, he did just go southpaw most of the time. Um, I don't think he will because that will allow Dillian White to to be more effective with a left hook. Um, I believe, but he's going to have to time White as White comes forward aggressively and ebulliently. We know how Dillian fights with heart and spirit and power, and you know he's got he's, he's improved defensively. His footwork has improved, but I think I expect Fury to try and command range with the jab early and get that big right hand across and time Dillian White and watch out for that uh, that timed left hook. It is very much a, a, a counter left hook um, that comes off his right hand. Um, he throws it with all his might. You know, interestingly, you know, Dillian has said himself that I've worked really hard on adaptability for this fight because he can't afford to be one-dimensional against Tyson Fury, just as Tyson Fury probably doesn't want to kind of release his entire armory too early. I think it will be a fight in which we see a pattern um, set in the first couple of rounds. Um, I, you know, on paper, as you say, you cannot write Dillian White off. He's got this extraordinary narrative in his life. I did an interview with him for The Telegraph earlier in the week in which, you know, he explained, I did the interview a little while ago out in Portugal, but how he explained that he'd had to rob and steal growing up and how he'd become a father at 13. He'd been involved in gangs, he'd been shot and stabbed, but his life has been transformed from the age of 17 by being a kickboxer, getting involved in um, mixed martial arts and then becoming a boxer. And he really is emblematic of how a life can be transformed. I know you have difficult areas down there in New Zealand, and for many of the mm. the kind of the, the more difficult communities, rugby is often a way out, isn't it? And it gives people discipline and respect, and changes the mm. the, the little the, the the stones they throw that ripple on the pond affect family members and further out, and it enhances the uh, people and lets them know that there's a role in life. And Dillian Watt is very much there, and he's shown that this week, and he's shown that in the build-up to this that he's. 
he's got a greater maturity and he doesn't let his emotions get to him. I say this extraordinary backstory and narrative, just as the Gypsy King Tyson Fury has, um, you know, with, with, his, with his ballooning in weight and his binging and depression and mental health issues, losing 10 stone, coming back and winning the world title. They're both very powerful human beings in the nature of their stories. I think both men have a lot on the line here. Tyson Fury, it, I think it's his fight to lose in many ways. I think he may well dismantle uh, Dillian White if it goes to the form book and stop him around the ninth or tenth round. But Dillian White will be dangerous as long as he's standing. Because even when he's a wounded tiger, he's going to give it all. He's a genuine warrior. And, and you know, I'm very excited about this event. I'm working the live broadcast on radio for Talk Sport. Um, writing as well at the same time. And it, it's going to be a fab, fabulous night. I've been to several big stadium fights in the UK in my time covering the sport, and, and I cannot wait for this one. Yeah, 94,000 fans at Wembley Stadium. It sounds like a Challenge Cup final to me. Um, Gareth, just <laughs> just on that, you're talking about uh, Tyson probably going nine rounds and dismantling him the form, you know, probably says that. But, you know, as we know in heavyweight, um, in the heavyweight division, it's a you know one punch can change a man's lifestyle. Let's forecast yep. that Dillian White wins this. Where, what does that do to the heavyweight um, division, and especially for our man Joseph Parker? Does that throw him right back in the mix? Is the is is the the if he's stepping up tonight when Dillian White doesn't show up? What happens if Dillian White steps up and knocks out Tyson Fury? Does that mean Joseph Parker's first off the rank? I do think he's uh, in the frame. There's no question about it. it I, I covered that fight for for the, the Telegraph and uh, Talk Sport Live from you know a couple of feet from it. It was an incredible fight, as you'll both recall. So exciting, so thrilling. Joseph mm-hmm. Parker down from that left hook and coming back and nearly finishing Dillian late in the fight. An extraordinary fight. And yeah, it does. I mean, it was a thriller. And imagine that thriller in a massive stadium. And we've kind of adopted Joseph as one of our own over here. He's had so many fights <laughs> in now. He's part of the the furniture over here um you know and the other thing to think about is you know maybe that gives credence more credence to anthony joshua we believe he'll fight uh, alexander usik in the rematch for those three belts he lost last september um in saudi arabia on july the 23rd and and, and if joshua won that we could even have Dillian White against Anthony Joshua again because, again, they had a great fight when they were young in their professional careers. Look, if, if Dillian White wins, it's legacy-making for him, his family, the story, as I was just mentioning, of his life. It shows hope for so many people who, who, who have to have faith that they can do things in life, no matter you know, that they have nothing growing up. And I think um, that's the great thing about when, when, when mm. big fights come into focus, you really do get to learn the stories of people. And what does Tyson Fury do if he loses? He's talking about retirement if he wins. You know, he, he says, I've had enough, you know. But I think he could be lured back for another big fight. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's all to play for. You cannot write anyone off in this fight. Tyson Fury may, may school Dillian White. You don't know. He may be... Um, taking White too lightly and, and, and may believe that he, he is too great now and could make a mistake. Because one mistake could cost either man the championship. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm listening to you. I'm hearing you. Gareth, mate, you're always right on the button with everything you say. And uh, I think the best thing about that is that you've got two great fighters 
but two inspiring fighters that inspire life outside of the ring, and that's what they both do. And uh, we love having you on the show, mate. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your thoughts on what's about to unfold at Wembley Stadium. We really appreciate it. Say good day to Joey Parker from the team here at SENZ, and uh, all the best, mate. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure, legends. Yeah, mate, it's time for that McAfee coffee catch-up and this story as well worth it. So, mate, a story that I've been following over the last couple of years with this young bloke, his name is uh, Tamari Martin, who played for the North Queensland Cowboys, also Penrith, um, he had a run around with, and he's making a comeback. He's playing this weekend for Brisbane at fullback, um, I'm being told, but he came home, he, he, he got injured, he... He had a brain bleed and got told that he would never play football again. So he came home and he got stuck into it down at the Waikato, into the local competition. I remember having a conversation with one of the the um, board members down there last year saying that all the Waikato boys couldn't wait to play against him because he was carving them up. And they were all looking to, to, <laughs> to try and um, get one on him. But he's done so well over the last couple of years, so well in fact that the um, Brisbane Broncos offered him a, a start over there. And this week, because of injuries, he gets a, he gets a start um, with the Brisbane Broncos at fullback. And down in the Waikato, Marin Haggy coached Tamari um, for the Waikato Mana side, and we've got him on the line. Kia ora, Marin. How are you this morning? Kia ora, gentlemen. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? Yeah, good, man. This must warm your heart, this story. Tell us a little bit about how the last couple of years have gone for Tamari. Um, yeah, like you said, he he um, he copped a he copped a bit of a an injury. Uh, twenty nineteen, I think it was, and received the bad news, and um, he ended up coming home. And he was, you know, just he went back to being Tamari from the coast again, and just living life on the on the coast. And um, I heard through the grapevine that he'd um, he'd started playing rugby union down. Uh, down in the, um, in the King Country comp, um, and I'd caught up with him. I'd said to him, "Is he thinking about playing rugby league again?" And at the time, he wasn't sure. And uh, as things panned out, he 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 ended up uh, back playing rugby league for his uh, his whanau club there at Taharoi out on the west coast. And like you said, he he um, jumped into the Waikato League competition and um, was an instant hit. Um, and I asked him about what he wanted to do and. Yeah, the, the goal, he said, was to get back into the NRL. Uh, so as the coach of the, the Waikato side, I had been in contact with him um, throughout the year. And you know, that's what, what what him and I were, were planning for. So it was around um, you know, putting together a, a decent squad so to give him and his teammates uh, an opportunity uh, to shine and to, and to get some exposure. And look, here we are, um, you know, Five games ago, technically, he was playing for Waikato, and now he's back playing in NRL. Yeah, well done, well done, you, uh, Marin, especially the Waikato team too, because it, it isn't just about the stars; it's about the players play, that you play around that give you that opportunity. The op- the opportunity, though, let's have a look. Let's just have a little bit of a, uh, a chat about that. For me, how does Tamari come to this decision about? Um, putting the game in front of his health. Did he get a did he like get a dead set clearance and feel safe about it, or is it is it personal for him? Just you guys obviously spoke about it being so close. What just take us through that process that's got him back to this stage? It was it was health first and foremost. Um, so he you know the discussions that I'd had with him and, and I didn't go into too much depth with him. 
Um, but as far as I was concerned, um, he'd had clearance to play, and he wanted to play, and that's about and that's about where it, where it landed between um, between him and I. And the fact that his dad was coaching club footy and his mum was the manager and his mum uh, mum and dad, they, they're awesome people, you know, um, very civic-minded uh, about giving back to communities and to the game. And his mum's a health professional. Uh, and I know that she would not have let him play uh, had he not been given those, those clearances or the necessary clearances um, to do so. Um, so we know that uh, his health was, uh, was, first, was the first... Uh, and paramount priority, and then you know what it's like, Kimpy. Uh, once you put on a pair of boots, um, you know that you just <laughs> want to keep going and going. And I'm pretty sure that you know, had you been given a chance to put that white out of Bears jersey on, that would have put, that would have led you back to playing in the, in the Winfield Cup in five games time too. Oh, one one regret, one regret. <laughs> I didn't come home and go straight down to White to play in a grand final. But um, mate, just just on that. Um, and Izzy's got a couple of questions for you too. This this weekend he runs out. How proud are the Waikato Fano, um, especially all those boys that got to play with them over the last couple of years, going to be? Uh, yeah, you said earlier that it, it, people haven't really been making a big deal of it, um, you know, or the media anyway. But I can tell you that uh, Fano from down here in Waikato, his teammates, um, you know, everybody's posts are about these. Shots of Tamari Martin playing at fullback, uh, or you know, training with with, um, with that intent to play at fullback this week. The people are proud, although quietly and humbly, uh, the people are, are amazingly proud that um, you know their, their their man really. You know, he was he was the man for for the Waikato team and the Waikato rugby league competition last year. Um, their man is making the comeback, and you know, there's this um, when you talk to people around uh, around the streets. About it, um, when people talk, when the, when the, the conversation eventually gets to to Midas, um comeback, there's a sparkle in people's eye. Mm. Uh, people can't wait to see um, our, our mate uh, make his comeback. Yeah, Maren, thanks for coming on the show, mate. Is he here? What can we expect from Timadi? Like you know, when he was a young guy, when he was playing last in the NRL, can we expect a, a calm head? You know, he's three years. Uh, older, so he's probably you know, seen a lot. He's had a lot of experience. So what can we expect from Tamari come the weekend when he's running out there with Adam Reynolds in the Bronx? Yeah, oh, look, um, I look, I, I sincerely hope that people aren't expecting the world of, of Tamari mm. uh, because mm. it has been three years and there have been some massive changes in the game. Um, but what I think we can, ex- or what I think we, we can, we will see is um, he'll, he'll be playing like a man who's who's got a second life he's got a second chance so there'll be some smiles there'll be you'll, you'll see him actually having fun um and you'll you'll see him playing like a man uh who isn't taking the second chance for granted now you because know, um mm. you know two and a half three years ago um what was his boyhood dream was was ripped away from him and you know i've never been in that position myself but i can imagine that you know, those those in, the ways he would have internalised it uh, over the last two and a half, three years would have been if I just get my chance again, I'm going to take everything I've got, and I'm pretty sure that's that's the, that's what we can see from Timothy. Um In terms of his performance, uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, he's, he's 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 playing in a team that 
uh, let's be fair, um, are struggling. Uh, but they're playing against mm. a team that are that are struggling as well. Um, but like like you said, you know, you emphasise the name Adam Reynolds there. Um, Adam Reynolds is is you know he's he's a classy player. I think he played three hundred games. Um, so he'll lead that Broncos team around. Um, he'll have Tyson Gamble as his five eight, and Tyson Gamble is what's he six one, six two, and ninety five kilos. So you know he's going to be a running five eight, which will mean mm. that uh, Mike gets to gets to play in probably his most preferred position, not not so much at fullback, but as as a second receiver and let the let the halfback do all the march let, march the boys around the park. Um, and then the fact that I think uh, Kevin Walters has put his his son uh, on the bench uh, with Keenan Palacia, who's been awesome. He's been awesome in the Broncos middle. Um, you can see Kevin Walters um, expects this game to, to be a grind. And so by having Keenan Policy on the bench and Billy Walters on the bench, it'll just be so that uh, so the game can open up. He expects the, the game to open up a little bit later on. So I think Mighty will um, play a will play a crucial role uh, in in linking Adam Reynolds uh, to those outside backs of you know Katoni Staggs and Herbie Farnworth, who um, Herbie Farnworth's been on form. He comes back this week, uh, and Katoni Staggs has just found his form in the last. Last two rounds, I think, and I think um, you know that, that outside backs unit of the Broncos uh, will be looking to score some points over over the dogs who are actually struggling to find points. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty open affair. I'm, I'm expecting some uh, fireworks from Katoni Katoni Stags as well. Hey, um, quickly, just we let, we'll let you get back to Kempi. I just want to ask you a question. He played a bit of Union. Was there any chance he was going to stay in Union and have a wee crack at that? Or, or nah, NRL uh, and, and rugby league was sure. always the pathway? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, I'm not sure. Um, you know what? I, I didn't even... How'd he go at it? To... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm coaching league at the same time he was playing Union. So it was just, um, yeah. it was just a bit of hearsay. But yeah, let's just say yeah. he played awesome. Yeah, of course he was. He he was a, he was a, apparently I heard the, I heard the rumor down there that um, they made a special trip down there. Graham Henry when he first came back, they're thinking about throwing him in and throwing him straight in the All Blacks. He was going that good, is he? <laughs> but but I'll, t- I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Marin, he'll he'll go really well tonight. That that three years off that um, as he was talking about. Uh, will will hold him in good stead because it'll make him a, a, such a much more level. You got to think about the um, teams he's come through too in the the final series that he's played, and he he'll know how to get the job done. I think the Brisbane Broncos will get the job done. Thirteen plus against the um, Bulldogs, uh, who are struggling yeah. with a heap of new a heap of new players coming in. And um, just if you can do one thing from him, just let him know that uh, everyone has been watching his progress, mate. So. For us to see him play tonight is one of the one of the beautiful stories uh, of 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 the game, and um, we just want to thank you too for coming on this morning. It's been great chatting to you. No worries, thanks, Kimpy. Thanks. Right now we're going to talk basketball. Court Kings design, build, and install basketball heaven, and we've been lucky enough to chat with this bloke every single week. Win, lose, whatever's happened, he's always fronting, and we really appreciate that. Our man over in Australia, they got one more game this Sunday. They take take on the Adelaide 36ers. He's on the line now. Morning, Tom. Morning, fellas. Yes, great to have you on the show, brother. Um, mate, look, basketball aside, you, you have got one more game this Sunday, but, mate, you must be extremely excited about the 
the prospect of getting home and seeing your your beautiful young family. Yeah, man. No, I'm fizzing. It's uh, it's been a long week this week, just counting down, uh, as it always is when you kind of get closer uh, to the finish line. But um, no, I'm pumped to get back on Monday and, and see my see my little kids and family and things and get again and. Um, yeah, start to, start to reconnect with them and have a little refresh and reboot. Um, get back on some Kiwi soil is going to be amazing. Yeah, mate, we appreciate what you and the Breakers have done. It's it's not been easy for you guys being away from family and friends and trying to grind on the NBL, which is which is a top competition around the world. We've seen it being played on ESPN and uh, the coverage it's getting, mate. So talk to us about this Sunday. What's the week been like for you guys um, heading into your last game of the season? Is it... Is it more about are you are you on the court? Are you putting in the grind, or is it more about just getting those connections off the court and and just trying to make a real enjoyable uh, last week together? Yeah, a little, little bit of both. We've obviously had um, you know, a few guys leave us in the, in the last week. Uh, yeah. Yanni Wetzel, who who got uh, picked up a, a yearly contract over in Spain with Basconia, which is an absolutely massive massive pickup for him. Uh, it's been a dream of his to play. For a Euroleague team and something that not many, not many Kiwis, I think only three Kiwis have done it. Um, and so for him to, you know, be rewarded for for having an incredible season under all these circumstances is fantastic for him. And um, you know, I think he'll he'll probably get on the court this week and we'll get to watch him. But um, you know, it's an amazing opportunity nice. for Yanni. And then obviously the the French boys have um, you know, gone home to prepare for the NBA draft as well. So. You know, a few boys have left the camp, but the rest of us have just been, um, you know, going to work as usual, trying to, um, you know, get ready and, and try and put in a good performance and hopefully finish off the season with a win against Adelaide, who's playing some pretty good basketball on Sunday. Yeah, and I'd be backing you. You're so excited to come home. There's going to be a bit of an extra um, hop in your step, Tom. Hey, I, I know as a player, and you get towards the end of the season, you're sitting there, you're reviewing your season internally, lying in bed and going over it. Um, and you're thinking, man, I just hope that in the off season that they they do this or they do that um, to make our season uh, run a lot smoother next year. What is that for you, Tom? For next year, what what does that look like? Have you thought about a, um, a wish list? Like, what what do you what do you hope that the Breakers can bring uh, next year for Tom Abercrombie to be successful? Yeah, um, look, to be honest, I, I haven't. I haven't put a, a huge amount of thought into next year just yet. Um, trying to get through this season and what we've been going through over here, um, and you know, once I get home and, and have that time to sort of reset um, and start to think about a lot of that stuff. But you know, I, I think the most important thing is, is for us to re-establish our identity and culture as a club and um, that connection uh, to New Zealand and to our fans and things again, which obviously we, we haven't been able to do for these last couple of years. And, um, you know, I guess we've, we've lost our way a little bit while we've been over here and lost a, a sense of that, that culture and identity. And it's really important for us to get that back and, you know, how we do that and how we go about that. Um, you know, we're going to have to put a lot of thought and effort into that, but, uh, you know, it's going to be a, an interesting off season. Obviously we, we've had a, you know, two, disappointing and, and frustrating seasons and, and I know there's a lot of frustrated people at home but you know believe me no one's more frustrated than ourselves over here um, and so you know we've got to have a good hard look at ourselves and we've got to do some things differently so you know I anticipate there being um, you know, a lot of discussions and hard decisions made over the off season 
um, it'll be an interesting one, and we'll just have to get back home to, to figure out what that looks like. Will they have an um, internal review? Will you have a, a review once you get home, and, and will you and, and the leaders of the group talk, will you talk about that identity and how you weren't able to to build on that over in Australia? Because, um, you know, when you, you're playing away and you're playing here, I guess when you're playing at home, it is easy. So how are you able to transition that when you're out of your own comfort zone? Yeah, as I said, there's going to there's gonna be a lot of discussions, I think. Um, there has mm. to be, to, I guess, get to the, the root of um, you know, what's going on and how we can change things and, and put things back on course for next year. Um, you know, the only way is to take a good hard look in the mirror and have those hard conversations. And um, you know, we, we can't just expect to go home and everything's going to be okay. And, uh, that's just going to yeah. fix everything for us, you know. Um, I think these last couple of years have highlighted some you know, issues for us that we need to address. So, yeah, as I said, those hard, hard conversations will have to happen. Tom, Louis here, mate. I'd love to talk some uh, NBA with you before we let you go today. NBA playoffs. And I woke up this morning, and I don't know if you've seen it because it's so early in Australia. They reckon Ben Simmons might play in game four or even potentially three against the Celts uh, back in Brooklyn. Is this just insane to think a guy can sit out for a year and just come back into the melting <laughs> pot and just jump back into a series which is that competitive? You would have seen game one. It was so intense. Is that crazy? Yeah, it is a little crazy, but, um, oh, man, the NBA is a crazy league. And I think Simmons is just that kind of player, like, and I've been listening to some stuff, like he can just come in and he doesn't have to do too much to help that team right now. Like they've got Kyrie and Durant who <clears throat> can can score the ball for you. And if Simmons can come in and facilitate a little bit, you know, push the pace and transition and sit down and guard some of those guys on the Celtics team, um, then he can make a little bit of a difference. And you know, I, I guess I assume that's their thinking, that um, you know, a guy who's been sitting out for a year, they can bring him back at a time like this. But, you know, I mean, it's not it's not easy. Um, you know, I missed a significant amount of time this year, and it takes it takes a, a good, you know, few weeks of, of game-like intensity to kind of get your legs and things back. And no matter what you're doing on the practice floor, that's, that's impossible to replicate. So what sort of Ben Simmons we come back um, remains to be seen but it'll be awesome to see him out there and um, the buzz that will create Hey Tom we've been talking about the tour man Dave Tour this morning do you ever, do you, he's been inducted into the Hall of Fame of Boxing um, do you have a favourite David Tour moment that you remember? Oh David Tour um, look, uh, he was obviously fighting when I was a, a youngster and I just remember mm. I think it was his uh, who did he fight in that first world title fight? Oh, he fought Rahman, Lewis. Lewis, Lennox Lewis was the one, the big yeah, I one. I think it was the Lennox, the Lennox Lewis one. Now, I just remember sitting down on the couch and watching that with, with my family as a young kid and just thinking how cool it was that, uh, you know, Kiwi's on the world stage doing what he did and remember his big his big left hook and, mm. Um, mm. Yeah, man, he was he was before his time. He was he was incredible. So that's uh, yeah, that's pretty cool to hear that he's being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, oh for awesome for old David Tua. What an absolute champion he is, our mate. We love celebrating him, and what a left hook from the big man. Hey, mate, you coming home? You coming home? So, what's the first thing? Are you gonna are you gonna be nice to your kids? 
You're going to be nice to your kids <laughs> on the court, King's Court that you got at home, mate. I've seen you dunking on them. So what's the, 21 what's nil. the first thing? A little one-on-one? 21 one-on-one? nil. 21-0? No mercy. No, I'll be ruthless, eh? Yeah, I love that rule. No mercy rule. I'm going to see how far they've come in, in six months. They might be running circles about, <laughs> around me now. Um, <laughs> I'm going to see if they mate, really I'm remember me. You. I'm sure they will, but uh, it's going to be a bit strange. Yeah. I'm expecting you to be three weeks straight. Your wife's going to leave you at home and just you can look after them for three weeks straight, mate. You you deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I've told her. I'm happy to do that right now. We'll see um, how I feel after a couple of days. But um, no, she certainly deserves a rest, so we'll give her one and I'll take the reins for a little while and handle the rest of the school holidays. Beautiful, mate, beautiful. Well, as always, we really appreciate you coming on the show, Tom. All the best this Sunday. Travel well and enjoy your time with the family. I'm sure they miss you and looking forward to getting Dad home. Thanks for joining us, mate. Awesome. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.